Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. I'm Tara Gleason, your host for this week. Before we get started, I would like to thank the sponsor for today's podcast, the Association of Fort Bragg. This is our second podcast in our month-long series dedicated to recognizing and honoring Black History Month. MSEC is joining our country in highlighting community members and leaders under the theme, Honoring the Past and Shaping the Future. Today on the show, we have Neil Sanders, Military Family Liaison and DoDia Project Manager at Peoples Hills High School. Good morning, Neil, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, good morning, Tara, and thanks for inviting me to your, to your podcast this morning. Absolutely. First, can you share about the work that you do with military families right now? What kind of work are you doing? Yeah, so as, as of now, I'm the military liaison for Pebble Hills High School. And what that entails is working with the military families as far as getting them into the school for registration. They may have problems with grades from another school or problems in Germany. I would get on the phone and call the counselors in Germany, work with them in Germany. I plan community events. For instance, we had a uh, military splash event. We had about 400 military families show up. And it was before the pandemic, uh, a couple of years back, but it was great. We had military families swimming, and we had hot dogs, and and they were diving in the water, swimming, and they were having a great time. So I plan different events. I take care of the military families with any type of issues they may have. I work with them on graduations. I also run a uh, student ambassador program, and the student ambassadors, some people call them like the MSAC call them, they call them the student-to-student program. I want to get that right, the student-to-student program. But here at Pebble Hills, we call it the Student Ambassador Program. And of course, those are kids that work with the military, brand new students come to the school, they give them tours of the school. Also, I give parents tours of the school, we go around and we let them see the school because Pebble Hills is like a university if you walk into that school. So giving them a tour of the school and meeting new friends right off the bat, it's, it's really big for military students, especially coming from Germany, and I have encountered students that were homeschooled for three, four years uh, of the high school years. They spent the last year in high school, so it was a, a big change for them. And the Student Ambassador Program was there to support them. Now let's go a little bit to your upbringing. Can you share a little bit of how you were raised? And you were a service member yourself, so can you share a little bit about that? So I was born and raised in Chicago. So I am a Chicagoan on the west side of Chicago. Um, I went to uh, Malley High School and I graduated in 1980. So I'm a family of 13. I'm the 12th sibling. I'm one of the, the youngest ones in the house running around. And we, like I said, I graduated in 1980. I joined the military in 1983. I joined the reserves first. And then from the reserves, I went to the reg regular uh, active duty army. And I spent 24 years, a total of 24 years in the military. And I've been to Germany, Korea, been to Haiti, uh, Iraq, of course, a war zone, a couple of war zones here and there. So I spent a lot of time in the military just traveling the world. What has inspired you and who would you say was your role model growing up? You no, know, I have a, a couple of role models. That's a pretty good question. And I was thinking of one today. And it has to be Mr. Watson. Mr. Watson was my high school music teacher. And I remember him asking a question one day when I was in the 12th grade. He stood up there and said, okay, you guys are getting ready to graduate. What are you going to do next? He said, you can't live with mom and dad forever. And they, they rang a bell and I said, you know what? Mr. Watson is right. I can't live with mom and dad forever. And it's time to graduate at high school. And he asked that question, what are you gonna do when that school bell rings? It's not for you to come to school. And I was like, wow, what am I gonna do? And that's when I started floating the thing about the military. 
And that's one reason that Mr. Watson is my hero. Also, Mr. Watson was a great role model. Uh, he went on to play in movies like Groundhog Day, um, Soul Food. He was Uncle Pete in Soul Food. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. He was Uncle Pete. So if you ever see Soul Food and the guy comes out of the room that's Uncle Pete, well, that was my music teacher. That was Mr. Watson. And he was a great inspiration to me. I will never forget Mr. Watson for the things he's done and the questions he put in my head and what are you going to do next? He always made me think of my next steps. So sometimes in life, I always think, what are my next steps? And, and, and the second person, uh, as I was growing up in Chicago, was uh, Mayor, Mayor Harold Washington. He was the first black mayor in Chicago. Never during my time, I was in Chicago, so I got a chance to witness, other than Obama, I got to witness a, a mayor in Chicago that was the first black mayor. And he, he did an outstanding job for Chicago. So I got a chance to see that history also. Wow. I, and now I'm going to like watch Soul Food and look for your music <laughs> teacher. Like that's my yeah. homework for tonight for sure. Look for so, Uncle Pete. Yeah, I will. I'll look for Uncle Pete. And I feel like I've watched it before, but now I want to circle back and look just for, for Uncle Pete. So, okay. so what does Black History Month mean to you? And why, in your perspective, does it continue to be vital to have tough conversations about equality? Well, Black history means everything to me. Black history is our history and foundation and what we've done and what we can continue to do. It teaches us about all the struggles that we had before in the past and that we're still going through. And sometimes, as we learn, time hasn't changed so much. You know, sometimes inequality is still going on. Look at the voting, what happened with votes, uh, how they want to suppress the Black votes. If you go back into in, history, the same thing was going on. They wanted to suppress the black vote. And that's what's going on now. So equality is so important to me that, that it's just like, I teach my son about it. I, I teach the kids here in Pebble Hills about it. I, I want them to know that you have to fight for your rights. You have to fight for what you believe in. You have to understand history. If you don't understand history, it will, will repeat itself on you. You will be that person. You'll be that victim. You'll be that person that your vote is being suppressed on. So you have to know. So Black history is the foundation that we learn from. Can you share about a time, have you had an instance where you faced inequality? Oh, yeah. I can tell you a, a story. Growing up on the west side of Chicago, as I mentioned, I was born and raised in Chicago. And after finishing high school, before I joined the military, I took a job on the north side of Chicago. And uh, I was fired from the job simply because I was African-American, a Black man. And... It's a short story, and I think I, I, I share this story with you if it's okay. Uh, so this story goes, as I started working in the factory, some of the black workers there was telling me, I was a young guy, maybe 20 years old, uh, no more than 20. Some of them guys were saying, hey, Neil, I will be glad when you make it to the union because when Al comes back, I was a prejudiced guy, or my supervisor come back, he really doesn't like uh, black guys or blacks. I said, okay, I'll, I'll be okay. Well, anyway, Al made it back you know, from having surgery. He made it back to work. And one day, one Saturday, I'll never forget this, one Saturday, I went to work and Al, or my supervisor, he called me to the office and he said, hey, Neil, we need to talk to you. I said, okay. So I go into the office and he said, well, someone put plastic in a drain. I said, well, it wasn't me. I didn't put plastic in a drain. Why would I do that? So anyway, we went back and forth. And so Al looked at me and said, you, what, you know what, Neil? Well, we're going to have to let you go. I said, let me go for what? I just started here. So long story short, I was fired by Al for no reason other than being black. 
And I was warned, I was warned, make it to that union, make it to the union before Al's get here, before Al makes it here. And he fired me and I went home and my wife said to me, what are you doing here? I said, well, I got fired. And after being fired uh, for being black, and it was the only reason because I hadn't did anything wrong. And I was warned about the supervisor. I decided to join the military and I joined the military in 1983. I spent the first two years in reserves in 84, 85, I joined the regular army. And there I spent additional 20 years altogether in the military for a total of 24 years in the military. And if I ever see the supervisor again in Chicago, which I probably won't because that was over 30 years ago, he was an older guy already. Um, I would thank him. I would thank him for the opportunity for the inequality that he did to me for firing me as a black man or a black young man at that time. I would tell him, thank you because of you, I joined the military and I've learned so much. I learned how to be a leader. I learned how to lead people. I've traveled the world. I've been to three or four different countries. Uh, and, and, and I received an education. I went on to earn two degrees. I have two bachelor's degrees, one associate degree. And thanks to being fired from that um, factory job, could have been a dead end job, but what that supervisor did to hurt me because of my skin color actually helped me. That's really inspiring. Let's talk a little bit more about your time in the military and specifically the experiences your children experienced in the military lifestyle, growing up in the military lifestyle compared to your upbringing in Chicago. Yeah, so it was night and day. My upbringing in Chicago, as I said, is the west side of Chicago. And if you watch the news or read the newspaper and the internet, you know what's going on in the west side of Chicago. It hadn't changed for me growing up as a kid. But my kids' uh, military lifestyle was, was great. They traveled the world also. They've been to Germany. They've been to Fort Bragg. They've been to Kentucky. They've been all over the world to travel the world. Most of my kids, well, all three of them, they're military kids. I have one that's a captain. I have one that's a first sergeant. I have one that's a staff sergeant. And I also have another son. He just, just got out of the military. He was an MP and he worked at the White House. So my, my family, my upbringing in the military inspired my kids to be military kids also. And they're doing very well. And my oldest son, he has 19 years in. I find it hard to believe he has 19 years in getting ready to retire. He also went on to earn a master's degree. And, and uh, like I said, he's a first sergeant. And they're doing a great job with the military. So the military has allowed wonderful opportunities for my kids, or so, uh, my, my young so you're already a wonderful storyteller. Do you have any final stories or words of advice you'd like to share? Yeah, I would like to say anyone that's this podcast, if you're experiencing any type of hardship, any type of something that you're going through and you say, I can't make it, just think of yourself and know to yourself that you can make it. Just pray about it and, and think about it. Think it right down on paper. What are you having a hard time with? How can you solve that problem? You can do it. And like I said, my lifestyle, uh, uh, coming up as a young kid and being on the west side of Chicago, it was a hard upbringing, but I was able to make it through. And you, listen to this here, you can make it through also. If you're a young kid, a young African-American kid, a white kid, Hispanic kid, you can make it. Don't give up. Don't let someone determine your future based on, on, on your, your skin color inequalities or what they think of you. Don't let someone think something that you negative and it holds you back for life. You can go forward with it and you can make it.
That's great advice and you can tell you've been in that leadership role for some time now, first in the military and now in the schools with the students that you serve. So, as we mentioned earlier throughout February, we've been honored to be able to share stories like yours that offer moments to honor the past and shape the future by inspiring others in support of Black History Month. I'd like to end today by asking if you'd be willing to share your favorite quote or personal thought on the importance of Black history. Yes, I have a, a, a quote from W.B. Du Bois, and it goes like this. He says, children learn more from what you are than what you teach. And being a military man and working in the school system and working around with the kids and being a family man, it's important for your family to see you do those things that you talk about. You are who you are when no one's watching. So it's important to be that person all the time. If you want to be a great role model, you have to be a great role model all the time, not when someone's watching you, but when they're not watching you. If you see something wrong or you see paper on the floor, you see a student doing something wrong or you correct that, you fix that, you be that role model. You pick that paper up and you don't do wrong. You do right in school. You set that that example. And as a military man, I, I always I believe in setting example. I believe in being a role model for the uh, community. I believe in being a role model in the school system. And I believe in being that person who I am always when no one is watching. And that's what that means to me. That's great. Yeah, we we at MSEC, we call that being an agent of change. So we teach kids about bullying or, or not bullying and being an agent of change. And that goes right along with that. So thank you so much for sharing those words of advice and that quote. That's excellent. Before we say goodbye this week, I'd like to thank you, Neil, for joining me in this conversation today. Thank you so much. You know what? Tyra, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you letting me get a chance to speak and uh, share my thoughts with everyone and uh, my, my struggles, my success, uh, my military upbringing, and I appreciate the whole deal. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition, sponsored today by the Association of Fort Bragg. You can listen to this podcast and those archived by topic when you subscribe and download at Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. MSEC supports military-connected children by educating, advocating, and collaborating to resolve education challenges associated with the military lifestyle. Learn more about our partnerships, programs, and initiatives at militarychild.org. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram for the latest on our enduring mission to serve the children of those who serve us all. Be sure to join us again next week. Thanks for listening.